Test one, test two. Is it too quiet? Is it too quiet? Is it too loud? Perfect porridge. Perfect baby bear porridge. <laughs> Check one. Perfect porridge. I'm getting myself in your microphone. Perfect porridge. Dialing you down. Dialing you down. Mama bear mic. Daddy bear mic. Looking for the perfect... <laughs> The perfect porridge. Hello. Check one. And that's an industry term. When you get the perfect porridge, like... um, I really like that. Yeah. Like, you know, you get the obsessive sort of MCs who mix the albums together. They're always looking for that perfect porridge. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And this is wonderful. So uh, this is a show about things that we're really into, and um, what I'm really into, I'll start off, my small wonder is the, that good audio, that nice, clean mix, that, that, uh, that pee-pee, as we say, sometimes <laughs> when we shorten it down. Um, how are you doing? We're doing a midday record. Um, I'm good, actually. I feel, I feel energized, ready to go. Had some, uh, some good morning coffee, ready I love morning coffee. Morning coffee, yeah. The hot bean juice when the sun comes up, uh, Mm -hmm. you pour that down. What is your favorite Folgers commercial? I think mine is the one where it's Christmas and the woman comes up to the man in there in the kitchen and their brother and sister and she puts the bow on him and he's like, what's this for? And she's like, you being home is all I wanted for Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. You get all the love commercials, like the romantic love commercials when they're trying to sell a product product. But that sibling, that sibling camaraderie. Oh, that's good stuff. And the Mm -hmm. holidays, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's another small wonder of mine. Uh, You got any small wonders? Uh, You know what? I'm just going to say glasses. Uh, Sure. Uh, The kind you wear on your face. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I um. I like Griffin kind of feel like glasses are a good look on me. Mm. Uh, And, you know, I don't obviously put a lot of, uh, I don't want to say obviously, but I don't put a lot of effort into my appearance in the morning. Obviously, it's harsh. Yeah, it is harsh. Uh, But when I put glasses on, I feel like, well, that's something. Yeah, sure. That's a look I've created. I I enjoy glasses. I do think around, once I hit like 40, I might switch. I might switch contacts. Yeah. You've got kind of a baby face. I have kind of a baby face and I'm, I'm getting this sort of salt and pepper thing going on you in the are. sides of my hair that I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of like no no glasses just those those baby blues and the silvery silvery I, I will say your eyes stand out a lot more when you're not wearing glasses I know I feel it's, like a lot of people don't appreciate your eyes silver that, that, and it's because you've hidden them with the glasses and it doesn't help that the glasses are almost certainly covered in uh, sort of rice yeah. rice cakes residue you always got um, a film of baby whatever the baby has touched recently is yeah, yeah. Um, this Yeti I got a Yeti tumbler from the REI. Uh, it is it is giving me life. Griffin has been on the quest for the perfect travel coffee mug since True. I've known him. And this is it. This is it. I can say definitely. It's got a clear cap so I can look down and see exactly how much of the hot bean juice I do have uh-huh. left. Uh, it keeps my shit. It, it is 12, 16. This stuff is like. Mm. Still toasty. It's like above lukewarm. Like it's still pleasant to drink. And we, you, we made it five hours ago. That's mm-hmm. good stuff. And um, uh, I've been listening to Friends at the Table again. It's a podcast, uh, oh, like an actual play podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, I stopped listening to more or less all podcasts when yeah. I got very, very busy. But um, now that our commute to daycare is very, very long, I've been tucking back in. And uh, they just finished their most recent season uh, called um, Twilight Mirage. Uh, and it's really fucking good. I'm really into it. I'm like 18 episodes in. I've listened to all the other seasons too, but um, 
uh yeah i'm just just now getting caught up and it's it's fantastic if you haven't listened it's like an actual play podcast and it's kind of incredible how much like world building they do in each episode like if you introduce a character and friends at the table it's like and here's their whole history and here's how they fit into the context of this whole world so it's like it's in a way like more uh dense than other like actual play podcasts but i mean that in a good way in the way that like diamonds are dense where like Mm -hmm. everything is so rich and so i think it like requires you to like kind of kind of commit to the to the listen um but if you do holy shit it is like some of the most rewarding like fiction i i have tucked into uh the you know the past four years or so that i've been listening to it i don't actually know how long i've been listening to it but it's great it's a great show it's a lot of small wonders huh yeah you got any more no that's that's good for me who goes first this week i think it's you sorry i'm getting a hum and it's it's like a bug in the porridge and i don't like it but um, my first thing this week is harmony. Oh e- no, harmony the the dating website. Gosh, it's this bro- is bad on either way you land. Yeah, sure. No, I'm talking about regular old harmony. Um, you know what I was thinking yesterday? Yeah, please. My hope is that our son will meet your harmony needs. Okay. Um, that he will have the ability to harmonize with you because it is not a, a skill that I have. You make it sound like I am always coming up to you and being like, I'm right here. I really only do that for jokes on the podcast sometimes. Yeah, and it's been a while. It's been a while since I've done it. I guess I genuinely do like good harmony. Oh, did you Did you ever sing in like a choir or a show or anything like that where you had to sing harmonies? That is part of the problem. Uh, my experience with singing um basically stopped after i left elementary school um i became a band kid and i was firmly in the band universe where the harmony was decided for me and i made the sound on an instrument i was in the choir universe i went i did choir classes all the way up to high school and that's when i started doing more freeform instrument classes you took vocal lessons didn't you I took vocal lessons when I was Horton the Elephant in Seussical yeah. uh, because it was a very demanding role. I did for Oliver as well, actually. So, yeah, yeah a couple a couple times I did. Uh, so, like, that was the other main exposure. I had two yeah. choral vocal harmonies is is from shows. And um, it, you get a – there's a really genuinely incredible feeling you get when you create a, a good harmony with somebody. I have heard that. A lot of people I know, like, joined a cappella groups specifically for that rush of that's, the harmony. Yeah, that's why you join – a group like that it's why you join a, a, a choir it's why a lot of people are enthusiastic about being in choir because it, it genuinely it feels like magic like creating something that is that pleasant to mm-hmm. listen to and it is a communal sort of artistic uh, expression um what has kind of inspired me to talk about this is we have been listening to a lot of uh, like disney music on spotify lately we have like this disney playlist we tune mm-hmm. into when uh we are we are hanging out with henry and there's unsurprisingly like a lot of really great harmony in in a lot of like classic Disney songs and newer Disney songs. So, like the one specifically that I've had stuck in my head is from Frozen of all movies. I've seen that movie like twice and I enjoy it, but like uh, there's a song in it called Love is an Open Door that just has this two part harmony between yeah. these two characters that is like in the chorus that is so fucking good. I'll play a little bit of it now, but just like a little bit of it because I imagine Disney is pretty litigious. <laughs> So like that song, and I think a lot of, like I said, my background is in theater. Like a lot of my favorite harmonies come from shows, like Into the Woods. Um, yeah. uh, some of my favorite, uh, actually, like of all time comes from Spring Awakening. There are so many great, brilliant, like huge group harmonies 
in that show, and I'll probably play something from that right now. I don't know what, but here's something from Spring Awakening. It's like my favorite thing in music. And I, so I wanted to talk about the science of harmony. Why, do, why, why does a C and a G sound good together? Oh, I like that. Um, and this is, it's, it's super fucking complicated. And I'm not even talking about the music theory, uh, which I've, I've been taking adult piano classes uh, recently, which I don't know if I've talked about on the show before. I don't but, think you have. Because uh, I wanted to learn how to play piano good. Like, I've been composing music for Adventure Zone for a long time, but I actually can't sit down and play that stuff back on a piano. I do it in a, in a DAW, in a, a, a like, Logic, uh, so I can, like, move shit around in a piano roll, but I can't actually sit down and play it live. So I wanted to do that but i also wanted to learn some theory and i've been doing that in this this class and it's cool i don't want to talk about the music theory of it because i would get that almost certainly wrong i want to talk about the science of it which i will definitely get wrong because it's interesting (laughs) right like why does a note right which moves at a certain uh frequency or amplitude or or whatever uh sound good with another specific note a certain number of intervals uh, away um, so here, here is, uh, I'm going to read some stuff off the, uh, Wikipedia article about harmony, uh, which is still very, very complex. Uh, it, harmony is based on consonants, right? Consonants and dissonance. When you have like a dissonant thing, it doesn't sound good. A consonant thing does, uh, a concept whose definition has changed various times during the history of Western music. Awesome. Great. Lock it down, y'all. Uh, in a psych- uh, psychological approach, consonance is a continuous variable. Consonants can vary across a wide range. A chord may sound consonant for various reasons. Why do we have this word if it doesn't fucking mean anything? I, I feel guess. like everything you just said doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so like, why does a C major triad sound good, right? C E G. It's like the most basic okay. chord. Yeah. Um, the first reason is because between those three notes in that triad, there is a lack of what is called perceptual roughness. So when you have two notes, like two polyphonic notes that you play at the same time. Uh, your ear tries to pick out the different notes being played simultaneously. And oh, okay. there are certain intervals that are harder to pick out those notes. Okay. Um, I have the OP1, which I talked about. I got, uh, I ordered and, and finally got in uh, oh, earlier this week. So I want to play like an example. But I mean, you could play any three notes like. Yeah. That has a lot of perceptual roughness because that's your ear like trying to pick those notes uh-huh. apart, but you can't really do it. So it doesn't sound super good. Uh, meanwhile, like this is the. Oh, wait. I played an extra note because I'm holding this. That's a C major triad, and it sounds good because you can pick out what those notes are. They are, you know, the one, three, five. They are a pleasing number of intervals. That is my cursory read of what the science of this says. Okay. So that's the okay. first thing. There's a lack of roughness. So the second reason that a chord sounds good is because it uh, creates perceptual fusion, which means that uh, the notes that make up that chord, uh, it's a, this is a quote from Wikipedia, and I'll try to explain it, is uh, an overall spectrum is similar to a harmonic series, which is a sequence of sounds 
that have a, a where the frequency of each sound is an integer multiple of the lowest frequency being 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 played. I, this is very complicated and I'm not even sure I understand it, but basically the math of like the frequencies of the various notes, if the math is good, then it sounds good. But the honestly, the biggest reason is because of familiarity. Like there are chords that have been heard throughout music, throughout time that just like a C major chord sounds good because you've heard it a fucking billion times. This reminds me of like the way people just like symmetry. Like people tend yeah. to like more symmetrical faces. Like there's just something kind of built into us to look for certain yeah and i mean there's math there's mathematical reasons Mm -hmm. for for that as well um so there's there's a lot of reasons why a a chord sounds sounds good why a harmony sounds good and i don't know i just find that shit really interesting not only does it sound good but like who was the first person to sing and then who was the second person (laughs) to sing along with that first person was like oh that sounded nice and why did they know it sounded nice and like why did that become the 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 way we listen to music and think that this harmony sounds nice while this one does not sound nice. I don't know. I, f- I find that stuff like really, really yeah, interesting. And I, I understand, I want to say I fucked that all up. I understand none of this, but I, I tried my, tried my best. I am obviously, I really appreciate harmony and, and it blows me away the way some people just can hear a note and can harmonize with it. Yeah. Uh, and if that's a, like a learned skill or if some people are just naturally better at it than others, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, anyway, that's harmony. What's your first thing? So my first thing is from a band uh, that we both like, yeah. uh, Darwin D's. Darwin D's. They had a new album come out uh, in August called 10 Songs That Happened When You Left Me With My Stupid Heart. That's a very, very, very Darwin D's ass album know, title. right? Uh, we, we're familiar with them from um, a, their self-titled album that came out in 2010. Uh, they are an indie band from New York City. Uh, signed to a music label in Lucky Number. And the group's front man, Darwin Dees, is Darwin Merwin Smith. He grew up in Chapel Hill, attended Wesleyan, and uh, moved to New York. Is Wesleyan in New York? I don't actually know. Uh, Connecticut. Okay. Darwin Dees is like a super poppy, fun, like it's a fun live show because they get really into it. They, they do some choreography. Uh, there's a lot of good energy. Um, but it's also like, just really poppy, fun, up-tempo music. Uh, and it's a band that I heard at South by Southwest in 2011, uh, actually the same year that I met Griffin uh, and then introduced Griffin to, and then it kind of became this like shared thing for us. Yeah. Uh, but the first song I want to bring is actually off their new album, and it's uh, called Say It First. When you won't say it first Uh, his lyrics tend to be very like romantically focused um, and like heartbroken. Like a like, almost all of the songs yeah. are about a, a relationship that has, but also soured. like like lyrically really fun. Um, I was reading this review. Um, of the uh, second album they had. And there was uh, a criticism that said the, that their music 
explores the ambiguous tense relationship between love and hate, yeah. <laughs> which I feel like is a good way of, of speaking to that. The song that is actually they're referring to is off of Songs for Imaginative People, uh, You Can't Be My Girl, where the there's a line that says, I think I love you are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pitchfork in the review of uh, that album talked about how they have this ability to write awkward but cutesy earworms, uh, similar to bands like Passion Pit. I just love the guitar. There's yeah, a consistent there's a consistent too. guitar sound mm-hmm. that is like really like crunchy and filtered out that mm-hmm. I just like I'm obsessed with. And and in a song like uh DNA off the first album that is like yeah. very stripped down, it's like just that crunchy soft guitar. It is so fucking good. It's very good. Um yeah. Um yeah, but it it, it has this kind of energy um that just reminds me a lot of like, kind of like Ben Folds, like very like kind of complex lyrics, but very like peppy pop. Yeah. Potential. Uh, I, but I also wanted to play um, the song that I think has a lot of meaning to me and Griffin, which is Radar Detector. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the first songs that we kind of shared together. And there's a line that I just... Um, I don't know. It just always makes me think of the beginning of our relationship when he says it's only been a week, but I know that you are mine to keep. Yeah. Which just kind of speaks to that kind of enthusiasm early in a relationship where you're just kind of riding on this energy. It's a very fun music video also. Yeah. So I want to play a little of that too. You Uh, but yeah, I would really recommend them. They tour a lot. I, when I was doing research, I couldn't find a lot of interviews uh, because it seems like they they are just always touring, promoting whatever album they they just recently released. Their choreographed um, dances for their mm-hmm. live shows are also very choice. I tried to find more information about Darwin Smith, uh, the front man, and yeah. I found all these interviews. And the interviews are always really light. I just found one where he talked about how he never washes his hair, and that's how he okay. maintains his signature curls. Okay. But that was, like, all I could find. Sure. So uh, I encourage you to check them out. They're on Spotify, uh, iTunes, etc. Uh, hey, can I steal you away? I'm not going to beat last week. You're really you're not. But tremendous it's, it's pressure a, to try and beat last week. I'm, I, it spiraled me into, like, what other songs. I know. I was thinking the same yeah. thing of, like, what what can we pull? But then I didn't want it to be expected, you know? It could be like, perfect. Look at the waveform on that one. That's no good. Look at that. That sucks. That's going to sound really bad. Anyway, Griffin. Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. 
These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Griffin I have some personal messages uh, should we really be reading them they're not between That's us. A secret personal message. Did you hack someone and get their personal in Gmails? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, this message is for Lily. It is from Zoe. Falling in love with you has been the greatest thing I've ever done. Know that no matter what, I'll always choose you. You're my other half, my favorite person, my inspiration, my best friend, my rock, and my soulmate. Enjoy this message from your favorite podcasters. You deserve it. You are wonderful. Let's keep getting better together. I love you. And who who is that from again? It's from Zoe. That's the Zoe that did the big motorcycle flip over the gorge, I think. So, like, I'm sure your love is great. I, the best thing you've ever done, you did the big flip over the big pit. And you did two flips, actually, in the air and landed it perfectly. And you saved all the kids from the bus. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just saying they said, our love's the best thing I've ever done. And it's like, you did the big flip over the pit and you saved all the kids from the bus. Oh, it's that Zoe. Yeah. That did the big flip. Uh Uh-huh. Over. Yeah, over the pit. And? And saved the kids from from the bus. So, like, the love is good, but let's just not jump to conclusions. Well, Lily is a lucky person. Yeah, I guess so. To be with the person who did the flip. Over the pit. With the bus. The bus. This message is for Lisa and Michael, and it is from Stephanie. Although we don't spend nearly enough time together, I wanted you both to know how much your friendship has meant to me. 
I don't have many strong men in my life, but both of you are hilarious, authentic, and kind. Let the world know the awesome power of these two very good lads. Let's get Chinatown ramen soon and cry to Sufjan Stevens. My favorite, my favorite activity. You throw on Carrie and Lowell. You get your big bowl of ramen. Your tears are going to fall in there at a certain umami flavor. And really, those Sufjan <laughs> tears are just the most umami of all. I can't get enough of it. Hello, are you looking for a new comedy podcast? In which case, can I draw your attention to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast? It's a fictional industry podcast for the beef and dairy industries. It won Best Comedy at the 2017 British Podcast Awards, and it features wonderful guests such as Greg Davis. To my knowledge, it's the only cow circus that's ever existed in this country. In rural Russia, every small town has a cow circus. Josie Long. You should have a beef. Have a beef with them. I have a beef with you. I will have a beef with you. Come round my house and I'll have a beef with you. And Andy Daly. That virus never existed. There was never any such thing as a mad cow disease. That was all a, a, an illusion that uh, Big Lamb came up with. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. And I would recommend starting at episode one. Bye. Would you like to know my second thing? Yes. Pop-Tarts! <laughs> what was that? I was telling you about Pop-Tarts. I mean, how excited I am about them. It, yeah. it sounded like somebody just drove by our house selling Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I wish. Like the ice cream oh, uh, yeah. vendor, but with Pop-Tarts. And they could have like a little toaster gun, and so I could just like open up the window, and yeah. I, they'd be like, Pop-Tarts. And I'd be like, yeah. And they would just pew, pop them right in. I love Pop-Tarts. We, I know we talk about breakfast food a lot, but I just, I'm always excited to eat a Pop-Tart. We never had Pop-Tarts at the house I grew up in. And so Pop-Tarts were and continue to be an exotic little, little pastry. I feel the same way. They are, they are so good. I may have had one this morning in a box I found in the back of our pantry that I don't know how long it's been there. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know we had Pop-Tarts. It had art on it for uh, Destiny 2, and I bought, this game came out oh. last September, and I remember I did get some, because they had like a code for some shit on it. That means this came from our last house. They're a year old. I ate, anyway, they're still really good, <laughs> and I got sort of sugar high that I'm still riding on. Um, and here's a confession. I am so excited to eat Pop-Tarts when I see them. A lot of the times, I do not even toast them. I don't know that I've ever had a toasted Pop-Tart. You're kidding me. I just always eat them right out the box. They're still good. They're, I mean, they're they're better when they're toasted. Everything in there softens up in a way that is really delightful. Hmm. Uh, what's your fave flav? Let's see. Let's talk about Let's go to the flavor corner. I mean, it, every day, yeah. if I had to eat a Pop-Tart, mm. I would eat a brown sugar cinnamon. Same. But I do like that the That sounded little... like I said shame. It was me saying same, but I lisped it for some reason. I also, but if I'm if I'm looking for like a, a fun out of the box treat, yep. uh, I like the little strawberry yes, with the sprinkles. Yes, yes I'm glad yes, we're on the same page yes, on this. Yes, of course we are. But I I don't know that I would ever choose it as a breakfast option. I actually like it as a dessert or a snack. Yeah, before sort of the rise of Cliff Bars and um, I guess Nature Valley Granola Bars, but those were pretty busted for I feel like a long time. I don't like like a crunchy granola. Anyway, this would be like my go-to like road trip. Like I need something to chew on in the car to like fill my belly up for yeah. the next hour. It would be Pop-Tarts. I love them. Here's some history about Pop-Tarts and stop me if this sounds familiar. This is a Kellogg's product. Um, but in the 60s, post 
figured out how to package stuff in foil uh, so that it would not spoil as quickly. They actually started doing this with dog food, um, but then they introduced uh, toaster-prepared breakfast pastries that would sort of go along with their their cereal offerings. Um, and they sort of announced it in, in the early 60s, but it wasn't until 1963 that they took this product to market. They called their product Country Squares. <laughs> What is country about them? No, but that's a really not the what most. What the flavors used to be? Do you have that information? I do not have it because very shortly before they even put them in the marketplace, they announced something like, "Check this out. These are called country squares, and they're going to taste like grass." And fucking <laughs> Kellogg saw this, and they're like, "Oh." Well, we'll just make those too. Oh, is this like Oreo and Hydrox? Just like Oreo and Hydrox. So six months later, Kellogg figured out how to do their own version, uh, and they started advertising it with an animated anthropomorphic toaster named Milton, just crushing it. And they were selling <laughs> these Pop Tarts so fast that they could not keep up with demand. Sorry, Post, you slept on it, Post. Can we didn't see you? that? Do you have a little toaster guy? Because that could be our wonderful T-shirt. <laughs> I mean, Kellogg's might have something to say about that. <laughs> oh, look at him! Oh, look at him! He's Can like I see a him? yeah. He's like a he's like a little clown. He's got big bold oh, eyebrows. Nice. He's little like, rosy cheeks. His little like plunger on the toaster is is red. And he's got rosy rosy cheeks. He's Love cute. It. So uh, they 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 sort of ate uh, posts. Well, pop tart um, <laughs> and. Uh, they couldn't keep up with demand. And that's wild to me that they couldn't keep up with demand because when they first launched Pop-Tarts, they were not frosted. Can you imagine? People are always looking for breakfast on the go options. I you know? guess so. But like no, nobody that- has time to sit down at a table and eat a full breakfast anymore. They want something like they can take on the road. Sure, sure. And I mean, it's the 60s, the rat race. I get it. But no frosting Kellogg's. They didn't put frosting on it until 1964. And simply because like they didn't know that frosting would survive the toasting yeah, process. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but then I guess they solved that with science. And the first frosted Pop-Tarts were released in 67. Uh, they had four flavors, strawberry, blueberry, brown sugar, cinnamon, and apple currant. Uh, and now there's Ooh. like, you know, hot fudge sundae, s'mores, peanut butter. There's a ton of different flavor options. So they crushed it. Pop-Tarts are great. They figured it out. It was awesome. They weren't satisfied with just that. And this kicked off a, a generation of experimentation that was just disastrous for these little pastries. I would like to take you through the Museum <laughs> of Pop-Tart Failure. Uh, so in the mid-90s, they introduced pastry swirls, which were basically toaster strudels, which please... Yeah. Toaster strudels have a place in our society, and I have eaten them maybe six times and don't regret it, but like, do not say... They would have the commercials where the kid would open up the... A lot of commercials talking in this one, but the kid would open up the locker and all the Pop-Tarts would fall out and be like you dude eat those pop tarts <laughs> they're still pop tarts do you know what i mean like you would open up a backpack and like a million pop tarts would come out and be like i wouldn't eat that trash with my oh, worst so, enemies so the toaster strudel was supposed to be a more refined superior product right okay. and that's a joke to no me. they're two different things they're two different things but anyway uh Kellogg did dip into this market i think pillsbury started making toaster strudels in like the mid 80s uh so these were big thick pop tarts they had less icing they came in flavors like uh cherry cheese danish cinnamon cream they did not do very well they were discontinued in 2001 they introduced snack sticks in 2000 which i kind of remember which were these like break apart 
Pop-Tarts that were like supposed to be an after-school snack for kids. Uh, they promoted this on American Idol with like this huge oh ad buy. Nobody bought them. They were discontinued So a they, year they later. were just like perforated Pop-Tarts. Exactly. <laughs> okay. They were Pop-Tart Kit Kats, uh, which like Pop-Tarts, you can, Pop-Tarts aren't hard to break apart. No. Uh, 2005, they made ice cream shop flavors, which had like ice cream flavors and 25% less sugar. Those were discontinued in 2012. So you, you got a good seven years of those. 2006, they made Go-Tarts, which were thicker, narrow, and wrapped individually instead of packages of two, which were discontinued in 2008. That's the whole fucking point, guys, is They're, I want two of them. Well, and they are so certain that people want a smaller Pop-Tart. It's wild to like, me. Like, oh, I could, maybe this was back when the I, iPod kept getting smaller That's and smaller. What it was. And they were like... America wants smaller. Let's make Pop-Tarts, but littler. Nobody's ever picked up a Pop-Tart and been like, how am I even fucking supposed to hold this? Oh, it's so heavy. It's so I heavy. I want to be able to fit it in my front pocket. 2007, <laughs> they made Pop-Tart splits with a Z, which were two separate flavors combined in one pastry. So like chocolate and vanilla, strawberry, blueberry. I remember this. This was okay. Uh, this made it to 2012. So, so five, five, five years of those. Uh, and then in 2011, there were Pop-Tarts mini crisps, which were, get this, Tiny, bite-sized versions of Pop-Tarts with no fruit filling, only flavored pastry with frosting. They are currently discontinued. What? Why, y'all? This is what I'm saying. Y'all got it in one, by which I mean stole it definitely from post, and then you were like, all right, I've got it. Smaller. And one of them, <laughs> and no fruit fill. What the fuck are Did you- they release something called fills, which was just, just the filling? The filling. <laughs> you scraped it out of a bag. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, they're great. Oh, also there was the whole thing about, uh, there was a guy who, who, uh, caught fire to Pop-Tarts with his toaster because he left it in for too long. Uh, there was in 1994, a Texas A&M, uh, professor did an experiment where he, he put a, uh, a strawberry Pop-Tart in the toaster and just like saw what happened. Uh, and it produced flames over a foot high. Oh my God. So these don't have very much nutritional value. Apparently they are essentially starter logs, but, um, <laughs> you know what? They're also dairy free. Oh, interesting. At least the brown sugar cinnamon ones are. Because that makes sense. Back sh- when I was avoiding dairy, yeah. it was exciting to have a dessert treat that I could get. That's probably what, like a short crust with like, and the frosting probably has no, no, yeah. It's just weird that there's no butter involved. Yeah. I mean, you there's, we have, we have ways of figuring that out. Anyway, pop ties are good. What's your second thing? My second thing. So you remember when I did Curiosity? Sure. The Mars Rover. I love that guy. Well, it's also a personality trait. That's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, charisma. Interesting. Now, okay, you're going to say everybody likes charisma. Uh, Carpenter from uh, Buffy and Angel. Yeah, she mm, did a great mm-hmm, job in those shows. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, proud of her. Uh, but I, I, so I did a little investigating because charisma is one of those things that I find really exciting as like an introvert. Uh, because when somebody brings charisma to the table, it like does some of the work for me. <laughs> What's interesting is like when I think about the people that you and I talk about, like, only kind of friends who we've met like only just a few times that are very memorable it's mm-hmm. because they're extremely charismatic exactly. and that is so that is so exciting so i found a quiz online that i would like you to take to okay. determine whether or not you're an especially charismatic person <laughs> okay can you're i need do a it? calculator okay i need a calculator for this yeah if you can pull it up on your computer okay So this is the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. Okay. Uh, developed uh, six prompts that can reveal how charismatic you are. Uh, rate yourself on a scale of one to five on Hit each me. behavior. Oh, yeah. Here we go. 
I, I love that you think I need a calculator to add six numbers. Well, because you have to divide five. it after you're oh, done. Oh, God. Okay. So, okay. Question one. I am someone who, number one, has presence in a room. And this is a five is good? Yes. Okay. Has presence. Give yourself a score. Okay. Number two, has the ability to influence people. Um, okay. Number three, knows how to lead a group. Oh, yeah. Number four, makes people feel comfortable. <laughs> okay. Number five, smiles at people often. How would you think, How? what score would you give me on that? I literally I, have no way of telling. I gave myself a low score on that one. How, what about I, me? I would also kind of give you okay. a low score. Okay. I think you and I, we have a resting face of concern. Yes. <laughs> I've not given myself a one yet, which is maybe I'm being very generous. Okay. Uh... Last question. Number six, can get along with anyone. I actually think I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I think so too. So divide your total score by six to get your average charisma score. What's your number? Uh, 3.3 repeating. Okay. If it's higher than 3.7, the researchers say you're more charismatic than the average person. Am I less charismatic than the average person? That's what that means, right? Well, I don't know what I don't know what the average person is. Uh, I mean, we're probably within average. I took it and gave myself a three point two. Okay, so we're probably average charisma. Yeah, I don't have less. I guess uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a real shot uh, to the to the gut. I'll be honest. Well, I mean, did you think? Yeah. Did you think you were? Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. See, I gave myself low scores in uh, presence in a room because I don't think I have especially a lot of presence. I'm talking about myself. I think you're uh, beautiful and radiant. (laughs) And then smiles at people often. No, thanks. Do not. Do not. I actually think it's a little unfair that the smile one is on there. Yeah. Controlling a group, though. Like, is that what it says? Control the group? Probably not. Because that's. Lead a group. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Lead control. I mean, fear is more powerful than love. I think most people know what charisma is. But uh, just so that you know the official definition, uh, it's compelling attractiveness or charm that can inspire devotion in others. Yeah. uh, And is often viewed as a divinely conferred power or talent. Interesting. Wait, what? <laughs> Say that. Get one more again. Divinely conferred power or talent. So Thanks. You, it's like a natural gift. Right. Like it's, charisma is something that people have and it seems like not a skill, but something that they just have. I think it's the divinely in there that caught me off guard. Like, Well, like a God-given talent. Okay, yeah. You know? Uh, so I thought this was interesting and it makes sense. So the Harvard Business Review came up with these, quote, charismatic leadership tactics. Uh, which does not surprise me. Um, and it's like a list of uh, a dozen key tactics f- to develop charisma within yourself. For specifically for business purposes? Most likely, yeah. These are going to, this is going to give me douche chill frostbite. It's going to give you the most douche chills. Some of them are not particularly upsetting, um, like expressions of moral conviction, uh, the setting of high goals. Uh, facial expressions, but some of them like stories and anecdotes. <laughs> like, All right. Become a person with anecdotes. Yeah. That, oh boy, but that one can really break bad, don't you think, when the anecdotes aren't so hot? <laughs> <I know. laughs> There's so many ways. And that seems pretty pretty whack to be like, you know how to be more charismatic? Be better at telling stories and anecdotes. Uh, like, so okay. I have an anecdote. Uh, this is how my toe became infected. Yeah. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> Made a real tasty loaf of pumpernickel yesterday. Does anybody want to hear about my pumpernickel I bread? Have a fun anecdote about uh, how my ear uh, was cut off. 
had a, Do you want to hear it? I had a fun dream last night about Alanis Morissette. Anyone? Any takers? <laughs> no. Interesting. Shoot. Compl- a completely platonic dream about Alanis Morissette. <laughs> this is my anecdote about finding out that I drank expired milk seven days in a row. Ah, oh, shoot. Is this a real one, Rach? Because this, this is actually the kind of thing <laughs> no. that I would not. This is what I come to you for. Uh, no. Um, okay. Uh, I, so char- charisma is something, um, I don't know. It's really, I, I mentioned it's exciting to me as an introvert because um, at first I thought what I like is people that are extroverts, but that's not true. I don't like somebody that's just outgoing to be outgoing. You know? Can you be a charismatic introvert? I think so. I think that's what we are. Yeah. I mean, I just found out I'm below average in the charisma department, and I'm still kind of reeling It's not that, that you're below average. You're probably average. Okay. Which I think is probably to you is also upsetting. <laughs> uh, but as an introverted person, if I talk to somebody who has charisma, and it's not like they're super like, hi, I'm so excited to meet you. Isn't the weather funny? But they're just like, yeah. you know, just charming. Um, instantly, it like relaxes me and makes me you know, me be a more charismatic person. Yeah, anything that takes the weight of social interaction <laughs> sort of uh, off my yes. off my back. I totally get what they, you're they're, saying. They're excellent hosts at a party. You know, they're just excellent at, at if you find yourself in a situation where you're just talking to somebody next to you and they happen to be charismatic, it's like the best. I don't know how you guarantee authenticity in that department, though, because nothing stinks more than people who like, if I, if I get a whiff of, you're 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 faking it like yeah yeah yeah, of course but real i I don't think that's true charisma yeah uh so here's something else interesting so i was thinking like who are some notable charismatic people uh that i can provide as examples do any come to mind by the way before i start i mean are we talking this is tough because i feel like most celebrities like well and that's what i did so i did a search and I found this list, which I think was like created by some random user. Yeah. But if you go to IMDb, there's a list of the 101 most charismatic celebrities. Yeah. And I, I think it's just created by a user. I mean, the obvious ones are like Clooney is probably top 10. Yes. I had thought that, but no, he's not. He's not top 10. And I'm not saying I agree with that, but it seems like just the most obvious like yeah. choice. Uh, I don't know then. Number one is Marlon Brando. Is y'all? I don't know. Number two is just the Beatles, which <laughs> <laughs> led me to question the validity of this list. <laughs> Number three is chess superstar Gary Kasparov. Huh. Uh, three is Elvis Presley. Four is Audrey Hepburn. Five is Michael Jackson. Six is Paul Newman. And number seven is Bob Dylan, which say no, what you will no, about Bob Dylan. Wrong, no. Not charismatic. Not fucking charismatic. Yeah, so this list is not great. Famously prickly, I would say. Number 12 is Oprah Winfrey. Now, I think that's fair. I think Maybe Oprah a little Winfrey. Low. Number 15 is my dad, Charles. What? <laughs> okay. Um... But yeah, I, I was trying to think about charismatic like people to to what we said earlier, have presence, sure. the ability to influence, know how to lead a group, make people feel comfortable. I mean, that's definitely Oprah, right? Sure. Smile at people, get along with anyone. Yeah. Everybody loves Oprah. I think Oprah is a good example. Yeah, I would point to that in, mm-hmm. in the dictionary mm-hmm. under Oprah. I also think charisma is, fa- is my favorite stat to like max out in a role playing game. Oh yeah, like D and D or like Fallout is really great because like you never have to shoot a gun in Fallout if you just like talk to people and you're like, hey, calm down, hey, chill mm-hmm. out, hey, hey, 
Hey. Hey. Hey, it's all right. Uh, hey, can I uh, tell you what our friends are really into these days? Yes. I've made it so small. It's like size four font. I don't know why I did this. Uh, Lizzie says, my wonderful thing is the song, Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional. It so wonderfully sums up the excitement and joy that comes with the optimism of a new relationship, and I feel like a giant dork in the very best way because of how happy it makes me. You know this song? No. My hopes are so high that you guess might kill me. So won't you kill me? You don't know that one? So I die happy. <laughs> my heart is yours to fail or burst. I don't know. To break or bury. No. you <laughs> I don't know this song. Uh, Sorry, okay. but it sounds lovely. Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like a, a backbone emo music, like of the of the early. I miss the emo yeah, movement. I guess so. uh, Rosemary says, "Hello, my wonderful thing is putting paper through a shredding machine. It is so so satisfying. I find it therapeutic. Oh, that that's nice. nice, especially when it's the you know the documents that you don't want the feds to get their hands on, <laughs> and you know the kind of documents." talking about you know can't let him see about my offshore drilling <laughs> uh anyway jordan also says uh i normally hate cleaning the house but i look forward to sweeping the floor there's something satisfying about sweeping together a little pile of dirt and grass and pet hair that shows you hey this really needed to be done and you did it great job can i tell you a story uh, sure. About sweeping. <laughs> I loved a good sweeping story. And you said you were only like average charisma. You have the best stories in anecdotes. <laughs> My sweeping story? Yes. Back when I worked at Sally Beauty Supply in college. Sure. Uh, I was getting to a point with my manager that was becoming kind of antagonistic, uh, largely because I think she could tell very clearly I did not care about my job at Sally Beauty Supply. <laughs> so one day she called me in. I was in to pick up my paycheck, I believe. And she showed me a pile of swept up leavings. And I had closed the night before. And she was like, look at this pile. I'm going to have to write you up. Very clearly, when I came in, you did not sweep. This pile was large, which looking back now indicate that I was not the only one that was not sweeping for a pile that large. But you got caught holding the bag. So she decided to write me up for not sweeping. Uh, And yeah, looking back now, I'm thinking, if you had a pile that large, one just me that wasn't sweeping. Uh, But this was after I had already said that I was going to quit. Later that month. And so she's probably just angry at me. But anyway, so now I have like sweeping scars from that experience. <laughs> I mean, I still enjoy sweeping, but it has sure. been tainted for me. Yeah. Um, no, I feel you. How was that as an anecdote? That was really good, actually. I was, I was gripped <laughs> the whole time. Uh, I want to thank Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. We are very grateful. I, I still think it's like the best oh, theme song. Oh, it's so song. great. It just gets everybody so high. It's so good. Uh, and thanks to Max Fun for having us on the network. You can go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. Uh, shows like the Beef and Dairy Network. and Switchblade Sisters. Switchblade Sisters. Uh, and shows like Minority Corner and so many more on Maximum Fun dot org um uh, thank you all for like w- waiting on this episode sorry we've been late like a couple weeks in a row it's been a very hectic like past month or so um but we're trying to get the, the ship back on the tracks get that ship off that tracks that's not how that goes is that it i think that's it i think that's it yeah so thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week um and um do you want to play some harmonies yeah, I guess so. I mean, we could also just... Oh, wait, you want to try and harmonize again? Yeah, why don't you sing a note, and I'll harmonize with it. And then that way it'll take sort of the... So say, like, goodbye, but like, hold like, goodbye, like, something like that. Okay. Um, farewell. Farewell.
you're gonna make it through to Vegas. Here's your ticket. Come on. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hello, listeners of Maximum Fun. I want to tell you about our newest podcast that tells you all about the truth of the flat earth. Have you been looking out over the horizon and you've been thinking, wait a minute, this doesn't look round. I've been lied to my whole life. What is NASA doing with $52 million million a day? day? Uh, uh, come on. We explode the myths. Just kidding. We're Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we investigate extraordinary claims. That's right. We investigate extraordinary claims firsthand. We go undercover in fringe groups. We get alternative medicine treatments. And we hang out with people who have unusual beliefs, like flat earthers, 9-11 truthers. We do ghost investigations. We've joined Scientology. And we got baptized in the Mormon church. If it goes bump in the night, then so do we. (laughs) Hmm. Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org?